the world's largest pizza festival, I throw for free. That cost me a million dollars to throw every time. The world's largest pizza festival. Yeah, I've done it twice for my birthday. Why do you throw that? <laughs> I, I throw it for a thousand influencers. It's 850 girls, 150 guys. And I bring in, last time was Steve Aoki and Lil Wayne. So wait, you have 850 girls and what are, what are they doing? Just a party. It's a one day party. So it's a one day pizza party. Yes. The last one cost me $972,000 to be exact. <laughs> okay. So what? <laughs> just under a million. How do you even potentially get profitable? I can't. I don't charge anything. <laughs> okay. So you just charge a million bucks. You lose a million bucks. Party. Yes. It's just my birthday party. But branding wise, a thousand people with their phones out are posting about my birthday party at yeah. the pizza festival. And I did it twice. The other one I had Tyga, Two Chains, and Wiz Khalifa perform. And same thing, same venue, same thing. I'm, yeah. do, I'm doing it again next year. And so that is branding. My charity events cost me a ton of money. Obviously, I don't monetize that. Yep. Elevator nights. I've done that 52 times. It cost me 20 to 50 grand every time. You can do the math on 52 times 20 to 50 grand. I spent over a million dollars throwing elevator nights for free. Mm -hmm. And so some of them are loss leaders for me that are not going to convert to sales, but stuff happens. Yeah. Right. When people show up to my birthday parties, charity events, elevator nights, et cetera, they're talking about me, they're posting about me, they're introducing me, they're doing stuff. It stuff only happens. it only works if you have the back end right. to do stuff after. Yes. Like that's how I always looked at social media. I was like, dude, it doesn't make sense that I'm going to go spend 50 grand a month like to mm -hmm. produce all this content. Right. Because like, I'm not going to make it from YouTube AdSense. I'm not going to no. make it from sponsorship deals. I don't even want them, you know? But you had the back end businesses and infrastructure and skill set, then yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Correct. If you can monetize something, whether you're selling courses, you're selling, you sell solar, you sell accounting, you're a lawyer, you're a dentist, a doctor, if getting more famous will lead to sales, then you should spend a lot of money to get more famous. Well, I think too, it's like getting famous is just simply having attention. Yes. And when so, I say famous, I don't mean like. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and, but to your point, I think when, I mean, for me, I was like, well, social media is the best way to get attention when I first started. I'm like, let's do that. But you realized 10 plus years ago that events were the mm -hmm. way to get attention, right? You, you're the guy who hosts this big event. That's like what they did for way before social media. That was how you became like right, Tony somebody Robbins. known. Right. Yeah. Tony Robbins. You've been doing it for 30 years. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. How many events has that guy thrown? I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. But I didn't even know this until Brad Lee told me. Um, he was sitting right where you were and he was just telling me about the early days with him and Cardone and how there was just them and like a few of these guys on this event circuit and they were just doing these seminars all over mm -hmm. the country, just about throwing. cars and real estate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Car salesmen and real estate. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. I guess that was the only way to get known. Like there was no social media. Those expos used to be humongous. Really? 20,000 people, 10,000 people, 5,000 people, 20,000 people. It was insane. Like the Real Estate Wealth Expo, the LA Convention Center, 20,000 people. And it's like Marshall Silver and Magic Johnson and like, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. So where do you see it going today? I mean, like we're talking about how, yeah, events were the only play and then social media came along and it was like, well, this thing's way more powerful than events. Like instead of being in front of even 20,000 people, I'll make a reel right now and boom, 20,000 people just saw it in a minute. Right. So the events are where the social media content comes from. So that's the Gary Vee model, right? I can speak at an event or Ryan can speak at an event and then that can be cut up into dozens and dozens of pieces of content. And then again, if you extrapolate that out, you speak at a bunch of events and throw your own events, you now have unlimited content yeah. Uh, for yourself. And so 
my vision is hosting these events basically almost every week now. And during those events, making content, I make some of them cell phone content, some of them same night content of the event, some of them a highlight reel, and then 30 to 60 second clips of the best parts of speeches, whether it's me or someone else. And so by doing that, I create this omnipresence where like that one event might be three hours or one day or three days or whatever it is, but it lives on for months and months and months because I keep posting content about it. I posted a highlight reel a few hours ago from the Limitless event from last Saturday. Yeah. Right? I'm going to post another highlight video about that thing in a week or two. Mm -hmm. So that event that happened last Saturday is going to live on for months and months. I'm going to post clips of Goggins and Gary Vee and you and everybody. I'm going to post clips and then all of a sudden they're going to blink their eyes and boom, it's April 27th and we're doing it again. Yeah. Right? So I'm just going to keep planting seeds. It's just always happening. Yes, it's always happening. Yeah. I thought that would be a problem for WealthCon because most people, if they're even lucky, will throw one big event a year. Right. For sure. And for me, I was like, well, I never intended to throw like a big event every quarter. It was just like a small little mastermind every quarter. And then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then now it is what it is. And I don't know where it's going to continue to go, but it's definitely not easy, but there is now like this omnipresence about it to what you said where, Hey, a thousand people are now posting about my event and getting me exposure, doing the Dan Bilzerian method, the Andrew Tate method of what you said. Like if you can get everyone else posting about you, you win. Mm Mm-hmm especially even if they're micro influencers. It all adds up fast. Yeah. Even if they have a couple thousand followers, times up by a thousand people at WealthCon. Yeah. Times up by four WealthCons a year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The math gets really crazy just off of that. Yeah. I guess what I'm thinking about is where does it, I guess, all lead? Because on one hand, guys like you and I are going to like be the event holders. Mm -hmm. And so let's just say the gatekeepers because not many people are doing it. And the cool thing I found, I know you found it too, is when you are like one of a premier events, people will come speak for free, right? They just want to be a part of it because it's good exposure for them. Yep. And I've met so many great people. I've had them on the podcast and everything else because of the event. And, you know, maybe after a podcast, I'm like, Hey dude, I want you to speak at a wealth con and, or, or they already come in knowing that's what they want to do. Sure. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like let's, let's roll. And so I'm just like thinking, man, okay, if I keep throwing these big events and stuff, how many great relationships I'm going to make because of the stage mm-hmm. and the podcast is the same thing. It's a stage. It's like, yeah, to now I have to turn down so many people. I have to literally turn down so many people every wealth con and sure. podcast who are very high, high quality people right. just because there's only a limited supply. Yes. 